0: Welcome, misfits, miscreants, spooks, specters, astral beings from Dimension X, alien envoys from galaxies near and far, and all of you boogers from around the world. You are listening to the Late Night Fright here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very slashery co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, what day is it?
1: It is Tuesday.
0: But that wasn't our usual TV Tuesday theme.
1: No, it was not.
0: It was not. That Uh -uh. sounded very 80s, didn't it? It did. Go ahead and tell them what we're doing.
1: We are doing American Horror Story 1984.
0: You are correct. It is the ninth installment of the award-winning anthology series from creators Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk. We covered the very first season, American Horror Story Murder House, here on the show. That episode is available wherever podcasts are found. Shameless plug, and I do not feel ashamed, Faith. Good. So the first episode of 1984 premiered on September 18th, 2019 on the FX network. The show stars Emma Roberts, Billy Lord, Leslie Grossman, Cody Fern, Matthew Morrison, Gus Kenworthy, John Carroll Lynch, Angelica Ross, and Zach Vila. And Faith, we weren't planning on doing 1984 on the show, were we? No. The buzz has been pretty good on this. And your parents said some really nice things about it. So we decided to at least cover the pilot episode. And I have a feeling we're going to be doing the entire series over the next few weeks, here, aren't we? Uh, what were your general impressions of the first episode entitled "Camp Redwood"?
1: I liked it. I mean, I feel like as soon as it came on, you get this whole '80s slasher film vibe, you know. And that's kind of that's kind of what I was, you know, imagine the whole rest of this right. episode to be like. So
0: that's what you were expecting, and that's what you got. That's what I got. That's what I was expecting, and that's what I got. <laughs> and we've talked at length here on the show about the slasher genre. We're both huge fans of this subgenre, and historically, it is usually acknowledged that the films Black Christmas and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, both from 1974, are the precursors to the golden age of the slasher picture that starts with 1978's Halloween, directed by John Carpenter, and ends with Wes Craven's 1984 film A Nightmare on Elm Street. The marketing materials for the show have positioned it as a slasher show in the classic vein, and it does not disappoint, especially the intro here. So, Faith, I would like to know your thoughts on the first 90 seconds or so of this fine piece of entertainment.
1: <laughs> um, I watched this multiple times and absolutely loved the first 90 seconds. Like, wow. I mean... They waste no time with the first kill, huh?
0: <laughs> it's all here. May I read to you what I have here in our in our in our script for the show? May I read that because I think it really will really illuminate what we're dealing with here. Um, and spoilers ahead for anyone who has not seen it. But I don't think this would really spoil anything. It should just wet yeah. your appetite for <laughs> exactly. this. So brief synopsis. Here we go. We open in 1970 at Camp Redwood. Three teenage counselors, two girls, and a guy are about to have a threesome. A threesome, Faith. A threesome. One of the girls, the more apprehensive of the two, keeps hearing jingling and jangling. Ooh. As she takes her top off. Ooh. The killer strikes and gets two kills with one knife. I admire the efficiency. And it very much reminded me of Mr. Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. With an exclamation mark. You do it a lot better than I do.
1: Jason lives.
0: Jason lives like a musical. That's right. Uh, We have covered that on the show. Mm -hmm, We have. And that
1: is available wherever podcasts can be found.
0: Sure is. So uh, here in this open in 90 seconds, we have the classic slasher movie tropes of the intermingling of sex and death. And we have the neat bit here with the unseen killer. He slash she, although we do learn that it is indeed a he, Mm -hmm. uh, takes trophies from the victims. That's right. The killer collects body parts. So Mm -hmm. what's the vibe you were catching from this?
1: Oh, you instantly, like I said, you get that instant 80s slasher vibe. It's creepy. I mean, the camera angles, I think the way it looks, it just pulls you right in. It looks just, It reminds me a lot of Friday the
0: 13th instantly. Yes. Well, yeah, that's what they're going for, for mm-hmm. sure. I like the graininess of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like you're watching an old VHS cassette tape that you're from the local video store, and you're at a sleepover eating pizza and watching this with friends, drinking Dr. Pepper, staying up too late. You know, the things we all used to do before the rise of the machines. Right. When we used to get together <laughs> for all the technology, you know made us stay home and communicate with people but also like the freeze frame on the kill of the apprehensive girl the Uh one that takes her top off uh uh, very much like the intro to the original friday the 13th movie with the great freeze frame going into the credits we also get the point of view camera like we did in that movie so these ryan murphy and brad falchuk know their slasher genre you can tell so We get into the opening sequence, and there's a very 80s synth-heavy tune playing over images of aerobics instructor's summer camp. We see some ears, some body parts, some knives, some sharp, pointy objects. The fonts are done in a classic 80s neon look, and as we've learned by now with American Horror Story, these images are not chosen at random. They mean something, even though we have no idea what they might mean at this point. How would you like the title sequence?
1: You know, I've read people did not like this when Ryan Murphy teased it. But I loved
0: it. (laughs) It made me giggle and smile. I
1: loved it. I I, loved the look of it and then with the music and
0: Yeah, and the aerobics. I loved it. And and the blood splattering and the and it I don't I don't know. Like I saw
1: so many people like I don't like you know, this is not American Horror Story and I was like, huh, I mean
0: Very interesting. This was their lowest rated premiere. Of all the really? uh, series, yeah, I don't know how the second episode did, hmm. but this was their lowest-rated premiere episode. So wow, that's
1: kind of shocking. It
0: is kind of shocking. Hmm. Yeah, I loved it.
1: I did too. I
0: loved it. I felt like it wasn't nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. It was just like, and I found it very funny too. But you know, these slasher movies have a sense of humor about them.
1: Did you? You know, you say you say nostalgic in a way. I kind of compare it to like Stranger Things three,
0: and Keep you know, going.
1: and how this doesn't feel like Stranger Things 3 how it's overdone in a way
0: I'm so (laughs) glad you brought this up because I was going to bring this up at the end of this discussion
1: okay
0: this feels like the cousin of Stranger Things 3 but it's the uh, teenage cousin that comes in from out of town and wears a leather jacket and smokes <laughs> and stays out all night and listens to stuff and watches stuff that you're not supposed to. That really badass cousin yep. of yours that gets you in trouble. That's what this feels like. Yes. You know, Stranger exactly. Things is is the one that goes goes to bed at night and says his prayers, and you know, and stays on the straight and narrow and brushes his teeth three times a day. This is the uh, this is the show that goes out and like I said, stays out all night and drinks whiskey and smokes Marlboro Reds (laughs) and wears leather biker jackets and listens to heavy metal. When I was watching, I was going, "That's the perfect analogy for these two shows." There you go. So Uh,
1: that's I mean, I was thinking that too. Watching this, how you know? Well, that was something I wanted to ask you too. What do you think the attraction is to making these eighties TV shows? I know the whole slasher thing, but
0: what is it with Well, you know, so the people making these things grew up in that time. That's what they were watching, I think is part of it, you know. And it goes through cycles with with the retro stuff. But uh
1: so I feel I, like we just see it so much I more. Don't,
0: I don't know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it, it's a thing now, isn't it? It
1: is. <laughs> but I've noticed at least, I don't yeah. know. Yeah.
0: That's a great question. That's a great question. And I, and remind me, we will jot that down and maybe do some research I have it in my notes an answer. Yeah. it's at the end so like maybe it, we'll look and, and see if we can find a reason but
1: you know I was watching I was like what
0: what because somewhere of 84 the, what is the yeah
1: what is the what is the thing right now that people are like oh I have to make a movie or a show that has to be based in the 80s like I'm not I, complaining uh,
0: yeah that's a great. question. It seems to be a, great a trend question.
1: in the last few years, so it's yeah. Just a question. And we're gonna
0: we're gonna make a note. I'm I'm serious because we're gonna be doing American Horror Story nineteen eighty four. We're gonna be following this series, and we'll be doing TV Tuesdays on it each week after the new episode. And uh, we're I'm gonna try and find some research on that. That's a very interesting question, though. Because
1: yeah, I don't I don't have an answer.
0: <laughs> because in the 70s, they were doing a bunch of 50s theme stuff, you know, and it goes in it goes in cycles, like I said, right. but this I, is I get
1: that. But it, yeah, it's, it's a know. lot recently, isn't right. it? I mean, yeah. I just feel like every new, you know, season of something is, oh, here's the 80s. Let's throw it at you. So just yeah. a question.
0: <laughs> it's a good question, too. So uh, let's get let's get after the uh, title sequence here that everyone apparently doesn't like. Uh, so out of the title sequence, we meet our five main characters: Xavier, Montana, Ray, Chet, and Brooke. This scene gets extra points for using Frank Stallone's "Far From Over" from "Staying Alive" from the "Staying Alive" soundtrack. And in addition to that, John Travolta reference. The entire scene is reminiscent of his 1985 film "Perfect," co starring Jamie Lee Curtis. feel like there's something there i have not put it together yet what that is i know john travolta worked with ryan murphy on american crime story the oj people versus oj simpson thing Mm -hmm. but there were some travolta references happening here i caught it immediately um faith what did you think of the cast of characters here and the actors playing them
1: i think it's a pretty decent cast um i know how you feel about about emma roberts and how she, i feel i mean she's not my she's not favorite. my favorite
0: so I, I, i'm sure she's a lovely person i i've just never gravitated towards her as a performer
1: right she yeah she's she's not really a, i mean i'm not being harsh to her she's just not one of those standout people you know we have to run and go see the newest movie with her in it so i'd like to see how she does in this you know if i
0: I, I, I really her enjoy her in this um I don't think she's a bad actress that's right. the thing I've just never gravitated towards her and and that's no fault of hers right. you know some people you just don't 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 get that vibe from right. you know but uh I'll tell you what Billy Lord Carrie Fisher's daughter Billy Lord next. is in this and she is amazing she and is. she. God forgive me for what I'm about to say. It's like she's channeling her inner truck stop whore in this, you know, her inner meth head truck stop whore, you know. She's absolutely wonderful in this. And and thank God her mother's spirit will live on for another hopefully many, many years because she seems to have that thing that her mom had. Mm Mm-hmm. So not comparing her to Carrie, but I mean, no, you're talking about Carrie Fisher's daughter. <laughs> Carrie Fisher's iconic. You know, she's great, though, in her own right. And I think she's wonderful. There. She was my favorite bit of this cast.
1: Mm-hmm. Mine, too. I like Xavier a little bit. So
0: yeah, they're far. all they're all very interesting and, yeah. and fun. They're um, all very different. Isn't that great, though? They're all very different. No, yeah, I, mean, I
1: think that's great. They're not, you know.
0: Yeah, they all have their little space to play right. in. Yeah, but Billy Lord just jumped. I don't know if it was the way that character was written, what she's doing, but she has a real sense of fun about her in this. She
1: seems like she was really pulled from that decade and just plopped right into the show. Yeah, she looks like
0: she came right out of the 80s, so... Well, our cast of characters, they are dealing with a serial killer known as the Night Stalker who is terrorizing Los Angeles. They decide to get out of town by taking jobs as camp counselors at Camp Redwood. That's what you do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if there's a serial killer in your town, you, you get a job at a, at a summer camp where, you know, people got hacked to pieces exactly. years before, right? Mm-hmm. So before she can leave town, Brooke, played by Miss Emma Roberts, is attacked by the night, night Stalker. What did you think of the Night Stalker and that entire scene?
1: I don't know how to feel about it.
0: I'm still trying to figure out where they're going I, with yeah, this. Yeah, I
1: need more. It's like it's a weird part of the story that I don't get. So
0: and, Yeah, and spoiler, he appears in uh, episode two quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still don't know what exactly they're doing with him. He, he says, Hail Satan, a lot. And... Uh, feels like he's on a mission from the dark overlord and i don't know it's just so
1: outside of the mr jingles thing that i'm just like right i mean you know what is the connection what what's going on i need more information
0: (laughs) so well our merry band of blowheads and sex maniacs get into a van and head out to camp redwood because again that's what you do when a serial killer is in your town you go to a summer camp where there's bad juju that's what you do and everything here reminds me of Friday the 13th from the big-ass van they're in to Ed Swayze, that's right, Patrick's brother, uh, filling the crazy Ralph role from Friday the 13th as the mechanic who tells them to turn around. They hit a man walking in the road and take him with them to the camp for medical attention, but not before getting their story straight about what happened to him. There are rules in these type of stories, Faith. Do you think the decision to lie is going to come back to haunt them?
1: Of course it is a slasher type you have to tell the truth
0: you have to tell you have to do everything correctly when you find yourself in a slasher situation because he will get you it's
1: always gonna happen
0: he will do
1: not lie
0: he will get you so at camp redwood we are treated to an overly conservative owner in the form of margaret booth is that correct is margaret booth margaret booth who is a survivor of the 1970 massacre and is missing an ear? We meet activities director Jane Fonda, aerobics video star, and big dick playa Trevor Kirshner. And we also get the story of Mr. Jingles, aka Benjamin Richter, and the story of the night he went on a killing rampage in 1970. I also want to add that uh, big dick playa Trevor Kirshner might be my favorite character in this show right now outside of uh, billy lord and they're pairing these two up together which mm-hmm. i think is really good so <laughs> well faith what did you think of the story of mr jingles our serial slasher here and also we meet him later in the episode when he escapes the mental institution he has been in what do you think of him as a slasher antagonist and are you looking forward to more of him moving forward now we're doing the second episode as well here, so feel free to add things from the second episode because there's something that you and I both want to address from that second episode. So what do you think of Mr. Jingles here?
1: I like him. I like his story. I think it's pretty cool that he was a war veteran. I think it's a neat take on, um, you know, a slasher. <laughs> it's a little different. Um, so I think it's cool that I feel like that's why he likes killing in the first place. It's not just a random...
0: We made him that way because right. he's part of our... Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah. you
1: know, random story of... I want revenge on, you know, these people or something. Um, so I think it's a cool story and I think he's a cool slasher, but I wish he would or would have remained a mystery for like 10 more minutes,
0: three episodes. If she kept <laughs> you kept know. him, if you didn't see him for three episodes, I love the actor, John Carroll Lynch playing him. Uh, he's one of my favorite character actors. He's been in Fargo by the Coen brothers, a lot of great stuff. He's a good choice for this. He's got the, the, the build mm-hmm. and, and the exactly. look for this. Um, I love the name Mr. Jingles. I love that you hear his keys be- you know, before you kills. I like that he's
1: much older too. In yeah. a sense. You know, he's not some younger guy who's just out <laughs> like right. except for revenge or something. I like
0: the whole collecting trophies, you right. know, all that. My biggest gripe with this character happens in episode two. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. He speaks. Yeah he speaks violating one of the big slasher rules because not a lot of these guys speak Mm -mm. freddy's the 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 outlier to that but when he spoke i went "Uh oh no no i mean immediately and i texted you i was watching it before you did i said (laughs) he talks in this episode like i don't know how i feel about it and And i hadn't
1: even seen it and i was like oh i already don't like it (laughs) and then i watched it i heard it couldn't stand it it just it's weird
0: yeah yeah i i I don't like that that better pay off big mm-hmm. because I didn't like it
1: yeah i don't I didn't like it either I, I didn't like it at all,
0: but other than that, what do you think about uh american horror story nineteen eighty four
1: I am really liking it so far. I haven't watched it in so long, probably since man probably second or third season because it hasn't really pulled me in with any stories so
0: I haven't watched since the first season. and so, doing um, this, doing this, this show that you and I do together, and doing the slasher stuff that we've done, and, and this popped up at a great time. So, this is so I'm gonna be watching. And I heard great things about it from you mm-hmm. f- through your through your parents. Yeah, so, I
1: watched it, and I suggest you know, like maybe we should do, you know. And it seems that everybody likes it so far. So,
0: so we're gonna be doing this. Uh, this will be weekly. Mm-hmm. This will be weekly, and this will be done. In conjunction, we have two TV Tuesdays for the next few weeks because we're going to be doing American Horror Story every week. We're also going to be following Creep Show on mm-hmm. Shudder, which is currently streaming six episodes. Just started six episodes, and they're going to go all the way through Halloween. We're going to be following Creep Show, so that episode will be available wherever podcasts are found. They will be separate episodes, mm-hmm. so so that way you know you don't have to sit through the American Horror Story talk to get the right. Creep Show and vice versa, and. You know, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. We haven't done this on the show, followed something and right. commented as it's as it's happening. We're going to do our best to not spoil it for you out there.
1: Honestly, though, I think most people that are listening have probably seen it because it's it's you know, these are so good. Both of these shows are so good. So I feel like they probably have already seen preaching it to the choir. To it, you right.
0: Know? <laughs> right. So uh, I want to make some mentions here. Soundtrack cuts that I enjoyed from these episodes. Frank Stallone, Far From Over. That song rules. Frank Stallone <laughs> rules. His brother Sylvester rules. <laughs> Banana Rama, Cruel Summer also made an appearance in Summer of 84. That's a movie that we did here on the show. That both was my really, favorite
1: song in it. Both
0: really enjoyed Summer of 84. and That episode is available wherever podcasts are found. Rockwell and Michael Jackson, Somebody's Watching Me, really fits the time. Def Leopard Photograph, another great That's a great song. Uh, Hollow Notes Private Eyes. And the song Jeopardy by the Greg Kinn Band made a big appearance in episode two. So, And horror homages that I found Friday the 13th, Halloween. And I Know What You Did Last Summer. Any that I, that I missed?
1: The van part kind of. Uh, Very made me Friday the 13th. Texas Chainsaw. In. Texas Chainsaw,
0: Chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: what I was getting from it.
0: Right. Do you have any predictions moving forward? Because we do have a supernatural element at play in this with a camp counselor that died in 1970 who's still Mm -hmm. creeping around. So I was wondering how they were going to bring in the Wes Craven supernatural influence to this, a la Freddy Krueger. Now, I don't know where they're going with any of this.
1: Me either. The only thing that it's not even a prediction, just the only really idea. I think Margaret might be involved a little more. Then she's telling us?
0: Margaret, the victim. Because I
1: get such a creepy vibe from right. her. Right.
0: She has a great line in episode two. Uh, the only thing you need to fool people is God and trauma. Mm-hmm. So there's something going on there's, with her. There's something. Yeah. So
1: I would like to just see what that and is. And why the
0: Night Stalker is stalking Emma Roberts so yeah. voraciously. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, mean,
1: the, I mean, he's following her. I mean, I just... I don't know where it's going, to be honest, right now. I need more. A lot of threads.
0: Yeah. A lot of threads. So, but we're going to be following this, as we said, and uh, we'll be back with episode three of American Horror Story 1984 next week. I like it, Faith. I'm just curious to see where it's going.
1: Yeah. There's so many, like, points, you know,
0: to go to. We're still early. Yeah.
1: Still early. I'm looking forward to it. But that
0: first episode is really well done. That first 90 seconds is a slasher hall of fame for me. I think it's really great stuff. So. I agree. Well, as we said, from now on there will be two TV Tuesday episodes, this and Creep Show, for at least the next six weeks, and uh, we hope you enjoy all of those. And as we say here on the Late Night Fright, we know you have a lot of options when it comes to what you listen to. Thank you for spending a little time with us here on our little show. It is October. We are counting down to Halloween. We're going to have some great stuff coming up for Halloween here on the Late Night Fright. And Faith, we're also going to have some merchandise soon, aren't we?
1: We are. We are.
0: So stay tuned to all of that. You know where to find us. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. Well, Faith, that's all I have.
1: That's all I've got, too.
0: I think it's time to sign off, don't you? I think it is. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to keep keep your monster monster on on a a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side. (laughs)